you doing i feel like a fat bear <laughs> you what i'm in hibernation mode i know like, i can tell <laughs> i feel like a big fat bear i just want to get under a cover i am believe me i get it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've been the same way it's winter man <laughs> it's weird that winter's like oh, i know it's so weird because um, from like, like I'm in total hibernation mode, mm-hmm. but my work is not. <laughs> it's like every year from uh, Thanksgiving to uh, Christmas, it's just slammed and it's just. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. But then I come home and I veg. So. Right. <laughs> no more doubles. <laughs> All right. And then if anyone hears any like weird yelling, Sadie's like into dinosaurs this week, so <laughs> you might hear loud roaring or something. <laughs> nice. Uh, this I'm excited about because um like when I go, when I had, like when people visit me, like we'll go to all the little tourist spots and gift shops and stuff. And yeah. what I'll do is when I'm showing people around and stuff, when we go to the gift shops and stuff, I always grab all the like ghost books and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so do I. So this one I bought, I don't know, over the summer, I guess, Ghost of the Blue Ridge Parkway. Oh, nice. By Ray Hill House. Oh, great. Yeah, and I started, I looked at it last week after we recorded, and um, I actually found a legend from my street. (laughs) So I'm I'm pretty excited. Oh, that's awesome. All right, so it's two, because it's like a stretch of the Blue Ridge. Yeah. This one's called The Legend of Orlean Puckett. There is a short stretch of the Blue Ridge Parkway where a mystifying incident has occurred over the years. It normally begins around mile marker 170 in the parking lot of, of, at the Mabry Mill exit. I live behind Mabry Mill. Mabry Mill is a popular stop for visitors, having a trail that leads to an old grist mill, sawmill, blacksmith shop, and other exhibits for entertainment. The Mabry Mill restaurant is well known for its stone ground grits, cornmeal, buckwheat flour, and country ham. The south end of this mystery stretch of the parkway near mile marker 190 is Groundhog Mountain. It also has a nice picnic area with an observation tower built to resemble an old tobacco barn. With an elevation of more than 3,000 feet, 
the mountain affords a scenic 360 degree view of the valleys below. There is a picnic area with plenty of tables and grills. And the National Park Service has an interesting collection of different types of wood rail fences. There is also an old cemetery in an island in the parking lot. It is the Bowman Cemetery and has four marked graves. There is another cemetery at the base of Groundhog Mountain and it has quite a history. Over 20 sets of field stones mark the tragedy in the life of Orlean Puckett. Most of the stones mark graves of babies lost less than a year old. Each small grave has two simple stones, barely three feet apart. And this demonstrates the sad legacy of Orlean Puckett. At the age of 16, she married John Puckett and moved to Groundhog Mountain. The Puckett cabin still sets at milepost 189.9, where the couple lived. This simple cabin built with chestnut logs and surrounded by a rustic rail fence has been the scene of much happiness and sorrow. Orlean bore from 24 babies, but none of them lived more than a few days. Yeah. I know, right? Some were stillborn. At the time, she thought she was cursed, but the modern speculation is that one parent's blood type was Rh negative and the other, the others Rh positive, resulting in a very serious medical problems for their babies. Unable to have babies of her own, Orlean turned to helping others have theirs, becoming a midwife in her fifties. She became quite renowned, crediting, credited with bringing more than a thousand babies into the world and never losing one due to her flaw. The tools of her trade were soap water and a nip of whiskey flavored camphor. Other typical traditions of mid, midwifery included placing an ax beneath the birthing bed to, in order to cut pain and a pan of water under the bed to ease fever. Orlean usually charged $6 for a delivery during good times and $1 during bad and free if need be. Due to her reputation, people would come from miles around to have Orlean help with the, the birth and care for the new mother and infant. Rather than being jealous of the successful birthing of others, Orlean loved all of the babies and they grew up loving her. All right, wait, sorry. Subsequent to her husband dying after 52 years of marriage, Orlean continued delivering babies. She was alleged to have helped with the last one when she was over 100 years old. Wow. <laughs> perhaps, <Yes>. due, <laughs> perhaps due to the legend of Orlean Puckett, the Puckett cabin is credited with continuing her work. Pregnant women claim they experience a strange feeling of reassurance and comfort in the presence of the cabin. It is considered lucky to touch the cabin during assuring a safe and successful pregnancy. That's crazy, right? Wow. Yeah. Another incident continues to occur at Mayberry Mill. Many times women have been approached in the parking lot by an elderly woman carrying a baby. The old lady touches their arm and politely asks whether they are going south 
and if she could get a ride down to Groundhog Mountain. These witnesses agree that the touch of the lady gives them a feeling of ease, almost as if they know the lady. Some, some of those asked have even agreed to take the two strangers to the requested destination, even when it was not really their intended direction. As soon as the vehicle leaves the parking lot, the baby begins to cry softly. Although the old, old lady hums and comforts the infant, calling her Julia, the crying continues. When the vehicle turns off the parkway at Groundhog Mountain exit, the crying abruptly stops, as do the sounds from the old woman. When the good Samaritan looks back to check on the passengers, she is shocked to see that they aren't there. Both lady and baby suddenly disappeared. Vanishing hitchhiker. Wow. <laughs> After their initial astonishment, the witnesses slowly realized that the passengers were ghosts. When they report the incident to locals, they learn that they have given a ride to the ghost of Orlean Puckett. Julia was the name of Orlean's very first ill-fated baby. So one theory is that Orlean's spirit continues to try to change fate. Others speculate that she may be repeating this sad journey to the cemetery over and over. A side note to these occurrences is the fact that in every known case, the women in the vehicles giving the ghost a ride were themselves pregnant, even though a few weren't aware of it at the time. Crazy. Wow. White streak. That's nuts. <laughs> That's a good one. But I'm not pregnant, so she won't yes. ask me for a ride. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you just see her and you're like, oh, fuck. Because <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right. I got one from a book I love and... Um, I swear this is the last story from it. I think I've been <laughs> a few, but it's uh, Mysteries in the Mist, W.T. Watson. It's a good one. Yeah, from Behind, Beyond the Fray Publishing, which is awesome. And yeah. um, uh, Vuk tagged me in a post earlier that this guy has a new Bigfoot book out. Oh. And I'm definitely get it because I like the guy's writing style a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, this is my second time reading this book. And this was at the conclusion. I thought it was a pretty good story. Um, all right. Even my hometown of San Antonio, Texas, has a curious paranormal smoke story related to the iconic Alamo, an mm -hmm. old mission where defenders held off a vastly superior Mexican force during the War of Texas Independence. Their attempt was ultimately unsuccessful, but delayed the Mexican army long enough for the Texans to rally and later win the war. Researcher Philip Imbrogano details a story told by tour guides at the Alamo in his book, Haunted Files from the Edge. Shortly after the fall of the Alamo and the massacre of its defenders, Santa Ana, the victorious general, ordered one of his subordinate generals to destroy the mission so that it would not be used as a fort again. 
The general assigned the task to Colonel Sanchez, who took 40 men and pulled down the still standing walls and barriers of the mission compound, leaving only the chapel. Sanchez was supposedly a religious fellow and had misgivings about tearing down the chapel. Nevertheless, orders were orders, so he commanded his men to take the building down. The demolition did not happen, according to the legend, as the detailed men approached the walls with picks and hammers to fulfill their orders. They froze in fear as six ghostly entities materialized from the walls of the chapel. Mm -hmm. The soldiers watched in horror as the demons slowly floated toward them, waving flaming swords over their heads, while all the time issuing a warning. Do not touch the walls of this sacred place. Mm. Colonel Sanchez and his men dropped their tools and ran away screaming, never to return. (laughs) Not to be daunted by mere apparitions, the general who had passed the assignment to the colonel returned to the Alamo with a detachment of men and a cannon. The general, determined to carry out his orders from Santa Ana, ordered his gunners to fire on the chapel and destroy it. Before this order could be carried out, the ghostly monks with fiery swords reappeared. The general, who was a horse, I guess that means was on a horse or above a horse, was unceremoniously dumped from the saddle by his panicked equine. The commander apparently was not very bright. Once more, he gave the orders for his gunners to fire on the chapel. Nothing happened. Looking toward the line, he saw his soldiers running for their lives as a wall of fire sprang up around the walls of the mission chapel. The smoke from these flames coalesced into the shape of a large imposing man who then began to throw fireballs at the general. Finally developing some wisdom, the general fled and reported to Santa Ana, who, after hearing the story, story, ordered that the chapel not be touched. Now, remember that this story is legendary, but I found it interesting that the Mexicans saw the ghostly monks and the giant as demons. And Brogno tries to make the giant man out to be a djinn. And my own first impression, impression as a Texas who grew up on stories of the valiant defenders of the Alamo and is named after one was that this might be an angelic intervention. Mm -hmm. This difference in perspectives is a great example of the caution we must have in viewing any phenomenon as quote evil. Mm -hmm. We humans are wont to view such episodes through the lens of our own experience and what we think we know. I like that. <laughs> I like that, yes. I had never heard that legend. No, me neither. Yeah. That actually legend. gave me more uh, history of the Alamo than I've ever known. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and I think the only thing I know about the Alamo was that Ozzy pissed on it and got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know more. There and you now, go. Yeah, now I know what it was. Nice. <laughs> All right. You want to go back to being lazy? Yeah. We're okay. probably under blankets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching bad 80s movies. <laughs> All right. All righty. All right. Bye. Bye.